So here's how to have unlimited energy as an entrepreneur. So I've built businesses that run mostly without me, and I'm not really spending on my lifestyle more money, so I don't really need to bring in more income. Uh, I've tried living the four-hour or even two-hour work week. Uh, it's not really for me. Uh, I end up feeling kind of depressed or even super bored. Uh, I'll be reading a ton, so it's not like I'm doing nothing. I'll be reading a ton, I was studying a lot about investing, doing my own investing, waiting for things to happen with the companies, mostly public stocks that I've invested in, and uh, doing jujitsu. So it was kind of keeping myself busy hiking, that kind of thing when we were in Colorado. But I still kind of felt something was missing. However, recently, in the past month, I think I found the secret to nearly unlimited energy, specifically as an entrepreneur. So the way that I think it works is I think there's kind of two phases for us as entrepreneurs. Phase number one, when you're first getting started or maybe you've kind of found a new venture or something, but when you're first getting started, you think in your head, like, I just want to make a bunch of money. I don't think that really sustains motivation because what happens is, is you start off, you spend a long time not making a ton of money, uh, but then once you make it, then you're like, okay, cool, this is great. I've got more money. I can increase my lifestyle then your motivation there kind of caps off until you get to the next level, you have new experiences, that kind of thing. So I don't think that's really what's sustaining you in that first phase. I think what's sustaining you in the first phase is your drive to learn as much as possible. So you say you want to make money, but I think what really gives you the energy in that first phase is you're just learning like crazy. Like when I was building my first business, I was learning everything I possibly could about e-commerce. I was learning everything I possibly could about search engine optimization, then Google AdWords, then selling on Amazon, uh, then selling on my own e-commerce websites. Then I eventually kind of uh, was trying to figure out how to produce more profit in my business. So then I ended up figuring out this whole world of direct marketing and online marketing, um, You know, sending emails, doing email copywriting, really tried to master the skill of copywriting, creating sales funnels, creating sales videos, then that kind of leads you into the area of, um, you know, creating hooks and creating offers and doing social proof and guarantees and scarcity. And you're just like a fire hose, fire hose, just learning all that stuff. And then as your business grows, you got a whole new set of things to learn. Then you're learning how to hire people, how to manage people. You're learning about HR, about finances. You start learning about tax-related topics <laughs> and all these kind of things. And at first, it's really cool. Some of the stuff you may be less interested in, like maybe accounting and that kind of thing, but it's still a whole new world that you're figuring out. You feel like every day you're learning something new. Um, you're networking, meeting new people. And then at some point along that, road, you end up kind of being seen as somewhat of an expert in certain areas. So you're going to be asked for advice. Like for me, uh, built up expertise in e-commerce, uh, some in direct marketing. And so I started speaking at some events, you know, that was a whole new other experience. Like how do I deliver presentations and communicate this stuff? And so it's just, you're learning so much in that first phase. Then you hit a wall. You've learned so much. You've learned all the basics about business. At the end of the day, there's always stuff to learn in business. But once you've been at it for, say, five, ten years, you've seen most of it. You understand how the whole picture works, uh, all the different elements. There's a lot there from marketing, management, finance, accounting, product development, all that kind of stuff. But once you've been at it five to ten years, you kind of got an idea of how the whole machine works. Um, so then you kind of hit a wall. You're like, uh, the passion for learning more about this stuff starts to kind of fizzle out. Uh, for me, I had been so marketing heavy, I think that's kind of my greatest skill in business. Uh, I ended up getting kind of bored with it because I was like, man, I was like, I'm using the same old direct marketing tactics. How do I 
grab attention? How do I spell out the problem solution? Uh, how do I give credibility? How do I give social proof? How do I design an offer with pricing guarantee scarcity? How do I remind them give a warning? How do I drive all this stuff through video through pages through emails? I've done this stuff so many times sometimes for literally the same product. Um, this kind of makes me think of, you know, when I would see Celine Dion, I never saw her uh, in an actual show, but I would see her advertisements in Las Vegas. She had like a 10 year deal in Las Vegas where she would literally seem to sing the same freaking songs seven nights a week for 10 years. Like, that's insane to me. I mean, that's kind of what I felt like doing this marketing stuff. And I was like, what is the point? I was like, I've already made decent money. Um, that's not a huge motivator in and of itself, even though I, I want to want to make more money. But just for the sake of making money was kind of, <clears throat> I couldn't wrap my head around it because I'm like, I already understand I'm, I'm fine. Like, it's not going to make me any happier. And so that's where I kind of lived for a couple of years until about a month ago. Um, and that brings you to phase two where you still think you want to make more money and you probably do because as entrepreneurs, at some point, I think we get wired to this idea of like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to build businesses, make a profit, make more money, but there's got to be something else there. Um, so then I think at some point when you've kind of capped out on that phase one, you're like, I'm kind of bored with all this business stuff. You start trying to learn different things. <laughs> We've got a member of ours that they sold a business for, I think like $2 million, then another one for $5 million, he and his wife. And then they sold another one for like 10 or $16 million and they're done. I mean, they live in a Midwest sort of city where they're kind of like, you know, kings and queens of the castle, you know, they've got the biggest house that they custom built, they've got the best lifestyle, they've got all the fancy cars, it's not that expensive of a place to live, it's not like they're living in, you know, um, Palm Beach in, in Florida, where houses, you know, $40 million or something crazy, they're not at that level. Uh, but for their lifestyle and stuff, they've kind of reached the peak. <clears throat> and so the, the guy, um, the husband, he's now, you know, playing polo and stuff and doing these things with his life. I got another friend here in Austin that he sold his business for a ton of money with a business partner. And, you know, he got very big into NFTs and then into biohacking and survivalism. It's like you still want to learn. You still think like learning is the way to get out of this whole kind of slump of boredom. Um, once you've kind of been through that whole phase as an entrepreneur, had some big financial success. You realize you don't really need more money, but I think kind of going back to it as an entrepreneur, I think you're wired to want to make more money, but you just know it's hard to make yourself want to want to make more money. And so then you start kind of thinking like you're doing all these other random activities that you're kind of terrible at and maybe you can get interested in, um, and, but you have all these skills that you got super good at marketing and business and possibly finance. You know how to manage people. You know how to get people ramped up and producing at a high level but you have a hard time mustering up the energy to want to use those skills. And that's where I was for the past two years until about a month ago. So this is very new. Um, but I think there's so much power in this is the reason I wanted to share this. Um, I kept banging my head against the wall, kind of, you know, I wanted to feel on fire. I wanted that urge of like an entrepreneur where you just feel like early stages where it's just kind of like all consuming and you're not like a obsessive necessarily where you're kind of letting everything else in your life fall apart. I don't think that's good, but instead you're just so energized by learning all that stuff as an entrepreneur that you never are bored. You're never kind of wondering what to do next. There's just not enough hours in the day. And I think that's a great place to be. You're all consumed by this thing you're passionate about. That's what I want. <clears throat> 
that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to get back to, but I couldn't figure out the answer. I paid this one guy $10,000 as a psychologist. He gave me a lot of advice, a lot of help, helped me realize some things about myself, but that was like six months ago, and I was still not really putting all the pieces together. But then part of what he said, his name is Jack Skeen, by the way, uh, great guy, highly recommend his service uh, if you're kind of a higher level entrepreneur. Um, but some of the stuff that he said, which for me, you know, he meets with some clients and he finds that they're kind of like, hey, you're just like super, super uh, selfish. You don't need to hide that fact. Um, you don't need to sort of um, try to be someone you're not. And so just lean into that. You are what you are. And that's how you're going to have your greatest strength. For me, fortunately, I guess, <laughs> he found that um, I'm not like that. Like, I get more energy and more excitement from helping other people. This is directly out of him. This isn't me just trying to make myself feel good. Sometimes I honestly wish all I cared about was making money. Life would be so much easier. But that's not. That's not what gets me going. It's not what gets me excited. So I had that thought in my head. But then at some point, just banging my head against the wall, I kind of had this epiphany of like, what if I just put all my focus into helping other people? Um, and for me, like, you know, doing pure charity just for some reason doesn't get me going at this stage. Maybe it will at some point. So there has to be some sort of like give and take where I can give everything I have to other people, but I'm also kind of getting something in return, you know, financially building a business, creating products, building a social media following, I guess, um, you know, that kind of thing where I feel like I'm kind of directly sort of seeing the result of, of what I'm putting out there in addition to helping people, which is kind of my main focus. And so I said, you know, kind of forget strategy, forget tactics. I'm just going to put my focus into helping people that I like to help, which also kind of came from my work with Jack Skeen, uh, specifically bright, ambitious, good, hardworking people trying to get to the next stage of business growth. Early on, I got a lot of fulfillment from helping people from the very early stages. But then I kind of realized I got kind of annoyed because a lot of people, like I can't tell you how many friends and family members that I've just given access to our main course that some people paid, you know, a lot of people, thousands of people paid $5,000, $3,500 to $5,000 for on how to build an e-commerce business. Not a single one that I ever gave it to for free did anything with it. And so, you know, I have a business partner, Mike McClary over at Amazing and he would get all these friends and family members that would ask him all these questions about e-commerce. He'd be super stressed out, trying to answer all these or ignoring them, not feeling good about that. I was like, just give them access to the course. They're never going to do anything with it. And so I think he started doing that. And it's just kind of like, hey, you know, once you've been through this whole course, you've given it a try, let me know. I'm happy to help. 100% true. Most of them don't do anything with it. And so at some point, I got kind of um, annoyed or disenfranchised with all the people who wouldn't do anything. So um, what I really like are the people... It doesn't matter if they're building their first business, they're on their last dollar, or they're already super successful. Um, that stage, that doesn't matter to me. I want people that are good. They want to do good things in the world. They want to help people, create good products, sell good things. But they're also driven, ambitious, and hardworking. They're willing to do the work. So if you're somebody that's willing to do the work, and you're proven to do that, then I'm more than happy to help. So that's the kind of people that I like to serve. And so that was it. I mean, every single day from that point forward, uh, I've written down on in my notebook, deciding what to do for the next day. I'll usually do this at night. What can I do today to best benefit others, especially good, driven, ambitious, hardworking people? That's my prompt for deciding what to do every single day. And then I write down a list. What ends up being about, I was kind of going through my notebook, what ends up being about 8 to 15 items. I could do this. Um, some of these are character traits that I'm kind of working on, you know, focusing more on praising and appreciating people as opposed to 
my mind immediately goes to like solving problems and that's usually somewhat critical um, rather than being like, hey, you've done this good. I'm typically immediately trying to go towards here's where we can get this better, which isn't really motivating for people. So that's some things that I'm working on like that, but some are more tangible, like, you know, recording this right now is a thing that I think I can do to help other people, um, whether it's creating social media content, whether it's creating new products, or it's helping people that I work with, my business partners, um, Charles that runs our coffee company, Mike that runs uh, amazing in our software business, and the employees that I think fit the kind of uh, mold of what I, what I like to help. And so it's those things I rattle off, you know, it ends up being like eight to 15 items. And then each day I just get to work knocking off as many as possible. I'm not so concerned about getting them all done. I almost never get all these items done, but it doesn't matter because I'm working on what matters most to me. If I get four of them done, but they're all great things that I think are helping other people and stuff. Fantastic. Um, that's fine. And so I think probably normally maybe get like 70% done or so. Uh, and then I also write down one more thing, which is, could this benefit somebody? And if the answer is yes, then I do it. Um, that kind of gets rid of, for me, all of the kind of social insecurity. Am I going to be as good as this other person? If I put this post out on Instagram, is it going to get 40 likes? Whereas, you know, whoever, like Alex Hormozzi or Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, they get 20,000 likes. Or even some of the guys that I follow that do jujitsu stuff, 50,000 likes and crap like that. It's like, I haven't put a lot of focus there and maybe I'll just never be as popular then, which is fine. <laughs> uh, but mainly because I haven't put a lot of focus there. Uh, but could it benefit somebody? Could this piece of content or this product that I create or this thing that I say to somebody, if it could help somebody, screw it. I just go ahead and do it. Um, that's kind of my mantra. And that helps also cuts through all that stuff, takes the focus off of me and puts it on other people. Um, so how do you actually do this? Well, first, determine which phase you're in. Are you in that super um, intensive learning first phase? If so, lean into that. Keep learning as much as possible, growing. Learn all the areas of business, finance, accounting, uh, networking, management, all of that stuff. Dig in all those things. Learn as much of that stuff as possible. But if you feel like you've kind of caught, capped out there and are getting kind of bored, maybe you need to shift into thinking who... Do you want to help? Who do you want to serve? These could be people, uh, a certain type of people that you like to help, kind of like me, or could literally just be people close to you. You may have great motivation saying they're like, hey, I want to be able to do this for my kids or this for my uh, friends or family members or some other group of people. Like That's totally fine too. I think at some point you're probably going to realize, unless you're just somebody that's like so obsessed with spending money and increasing your lifestyle, which is, I think, a minority of people that can let that keep them going for a long period of time, um, which I think is fine. If you got a ton of money, spend it. Why not? Um, but I think as far as a motivating factor, at some point that kind of caps out. And so I think you got to figure out how can you help other people in what you're doing? And that may mean, say, for example, like, I don't know Elon Musk's motivation. Maybe he's a terrible person. I have no idea. Um, but if he's like, you know what? I really believe in this whole... Um, making the environment more clean, allowing people to not live <laughs> on uh, the planet Earth. And to do that, I have to create these massive companies that, oh, by the way, has made him hundreds of billions of dollars. Totally fine. Um, he's got great cars. He's got a great service with a space company and all that kind of stuff. And so it's fantastic. He does well. Other people do well. Uh, it's great. And so hopefully the same thing happens for you. So uh, if you're in that second phase, write down, I mentioned, I recommend I did this, the specific names of people you want to help could be your kids, could be your spouse, could be some family members, could be some other people, or could be groups of people is fine. Also write that list down. Sometimes I'll go refer to it. 
Then each day, write down a list of the things you can do to serve those people. Like, how am I going to benefit these people? And that may mean that, hey, I need to cut out these expenses in my business to make it more profitable. Or it may mean I need to launch this new product, or I need to put this piece of content out there, or I need to send a message or text message or email to this person, or have a call or sort of a coffee with somebody, any of those kind of things. And then a few extra quick tips, because um, you're going to have doubts in this process. I recommend, and I got this from somebody's book, an old school sales guy, I can't remember, uh, but each morning listen or read to 15 minutes of positive attitude material. I at some point got kind of disenfranchised with some of these self-development books. I feel like I'd been through all that stuff even before all the business stuff, but there's good stuff in there. And so a few that I've done recently, I literally just try to read 15 minutes in the morning first thing, kind of set your mind right. So you're putting positive stuff in your head because a lot of the negative stuff is kind of what comes from the outside, which you can't control. And so as long as you're kind of priming your brain, I think it's uh, you're going to have better days. And so <clears throat> one of the books that I, I've been doing that recently with, it's called No Excuses by Brian Tracy, old school self-development book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and any books or videos from John Wooden, the basketball coach. Um, all good stuff. There's a million other resources like that. If you have ones that you like, fantastic. Then each night, last thing, is... Uh, think positively about what you're going to create in the future or the results that you're going to achieve. It's easy to ruminate on negative stuff right before you're going to sleep. Instead, spend that time thinking about what you're going to create in the future or the results you're going to achieve. Just You can think about anything, so you might as well force your brain to think about something good. Um, so do that each night, and then each morning, you're getting some positive material in your head. You're kind of bookending your day with good stuff, and then throughout the day, you're kind of getting to work on doing the things that you need to do to make the impact that you want to make. And I think that's what's given me. I mean, I basically can't have enough hours in the day to do the stuff that I want to do versus if you were to backtrack like a couple months ago, I was extremely bored. <laughs> like, what the hell to do with my day? I mean, um, got plenty of income coming in. Lifestyle's fine. Nothing's, nothing's bad happening in life. What the heck do I do with my day to having basically unlimited energy? And I think this will work for you also. So final example to kind of wrap up is... Um, I don't think this is just me that's discovered this. Could run through a lot of different examples. I mean, maybe Elon Musk is an example. But another one that I've never really heard people talk too much about um, in this context, but I believe is true, is Warren Buffett. I've been to two of his annual meetings now. I've read basically every book written about Warren Buffett. Uh, I've watched all the short clips um, from all of his annual meetings that you can find on CNBC. Um, and I've really dove deep. I mean, I literally have a book sitting behind me that's like his annual letters from like 1965 or something, literally page by page. It's like a textbook of just his annual letters. that are, I've gone that deep into this thing. And one of the things that took me a while to realize, I'm like, what the heck kept this guy going? Um, you know, you was very interesting the first annual meeting that I went to because he does the whole part that he's kind of famous for where he answers questions for like six hours with his business partner, Charlie Munger. Um, super interesting. That's where a lot of content that gets published online comes from. But then it's an actual annual meeting for a publicly held company. So then at the end is like the short shareholders part, which is like the anti-climax <laughs> to the whole thing. But it's, you know, legal requirement as a public company. And he literally lets these people come up and ask questions um, or propose things to the business and we'll literally be criticizing him about, you know, his environmental impact or other parts of the business or about how there needs to be um, different things changed in the public company. And he'll sit there and let this is part of the company. I don't think he has to do this. He could probably pawn this off on somebody else. 
Uh, but he'll sit there and then they'll ask these questions. And a lot of times they're getting booed from the audience because everyone in the audience is like, you know, 99% is there to 100% to support him as huge fans like I am. Uh, but he'll take those questions. But it makes you wonder, like, why the hell is he doing this? Like, he has no reason to have to do all that stuff at this stage. He's got more money he's ever going to spend. He's probably got, you know, maximum 10 years of life left, uh, potentially less because he's 92 or 93. Um, I think the reason that he's been able to keep going so long is because if you look at his original investment partnership, it included seven friends and family. Remember, that was their only investors other than him. I think he put in like 100 bucks or something. It was his sister and her husband, an aunt, his father-in-law, an old roommate, the roommate's mother, and his lawyer. These were the original investors in his partnership. And some of those people remained investors and are still are for the life of uh, what became Berkshire Hathaway. And so I think that's what's kept him going is he knows the people that own parts of his company. And so far beyond his own financial needs, he's felt this need to serve those other people, to protect their money, to make good decisions as a leader, financially, um, ethically. And I think that's what's kept him going so long. So a lot of people I think have kind of found this out one way or another, and hopefully you do too. So if you like this video, please subscribe and I'll see you tomorrow.